0: The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney+. Plus, Celebrating every colour of the rainbow. Hello and welcome to Virgin Radio Pride's TeleTalks, the time of the day where we can hunker down and talk about everything on the box. Each week we'll be getting to know a different celebrity's viewing habits by having a good old rifle through their personal teleguide. They'll pick their five formative, lgbtq plus tv shows or moments and share them with us i'm benji potter a complete tele fanatic
1: journalist and podcaster and i'm joined by rod mcphee hello i'm rod mcphee tv editor on the sun and from this life to will young winning pop idol to it's a sin there are so many lgbtq plus tv shows and their moments to discuss benji what a fantastic couple of years we've had for lgbtq plus telly do you agree we're going through a real golden age?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think there have been some great programmes like It's a Sin, which chart our LGBTQ plus history, and some shows like I May Destroy You that cover the LGBTQ plus experience in a much more nuanced and complex way.
1: And I'm totally here for both of them. Me too. I think it's been an amazing four or five years in terms of this kind of TV, and long may it continue.
0: Teletalks. Virgin Radio Pride. Now, today's guest is British Jamaican competitive swimmer Michael Gunning. He lives in the UK and represents his father's native Jamaica in a sport where he has competed in championships in Korea and Budapest. He's appeared on Ease the By Life where he came out in 2018, and the following year he won a Pride Award at the Attitude Pride Awards for his amazing efforts to raise LGBTQ+ visibility around the globe in sport. Michael is an out gay sportsman representing a country where members of the LGBTQ plus community are still heavily discriminated against. Michael, welcome to the
2: show. Thank you for having me on. Happy Pride, everyone.
1: Yeah, happy Pride. We should take a minute to to celebrate. It's that time of year. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what we're all here for. And and Michael, talking about TV specifically, does it play an important part in your life, would you say? Are you someone that cherry picks what they watch or are you someone that's an avid watcher all the time.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, with sport, I don't really get much time to watch TV. So I definitely, definitely pick which ones I want to watch. And obviously those LGBT ones, which carry so much history and I learn, I think are so important.
1: And do you think being a sports star in this day and age also means you sort of end up becoming a TV star almost by default?
2: yeah i think you know when you go on to different shows and i guess you know compete around the world you are kind of put onto this pedestal and you know the light is shined on you so i think you know we do almost have a bit of a role to play really and you know being influenced by all these amazing tvs like it's very inspiring
1: and in turn if that means that you're a gay sports bar do you have that sense that you're representing the community to a degree
2: Yeah, 100%. You know, I think when I came out as gay, I think, you know, I kind of underestimated the impact that it would have. You know, I know that there is that LGBT community, but I didn't really understand how much support and love I would get just from the community alone, let alone kind of friends and family outside of that.
0: I mean, it's quite a lot of responsibility to choose to come out as a public facing figure. And then do you feel you have to carry this sort of, not burden, but this responsibility of not only being a sports star, but being an LGBTQ plus sports star.
2: Yeah, you know, I think my story is quite different to many people. You know, I used to represent Great Britain, but now, you know, I represent Team Jamaica and obviously there's many different laws and homophobic laws out there, you know, that kind of stops people from coming out and being themselves. You know, I think me coming out, you know, in Jamaica, it was, I was the first of many and I think it's so extremely hard to be the first at anything, you know, and it was a lot of the unknown for me but I think as soon as I did come out I think I saw the support I saw the the network of people I guess and um, yeah it just kind of really made me realise that I made the right decision.
1: Was there any negative reaction to
2: it as well? Always negative I think there'll always be a negative you know the odd comments but I think you know when you really consider the good comments and the impact that you're making it's it's such a big impact you know that you're changing the lives of so many and I think it definitely outweighs all the negative
1: Right, let's crack on with your first pick, Michael.
2: Would you introduce it for us? Of course, yes. So I was a big soap fan when I was younger and I think EastEnders played a big role for me and, you know, one of those LGBT moments was Johnny's coming out scene with Mick, you know, that was back in 2014 and I think seeing that, you know, between a father and son, kind of having that conversation, it was the first time that, yeah, really changed my views and um, it had a big impact on me and, you know, I remember crying watching it.
0: Let's take a listen.
2: And you know you can tell me anything. I just want you to know that you can tell me anything because you're my son. And you mean the world to me.
0: Come here. Come here. Come here, it's all right. Everything's all right. Don't. Die. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you don't have to say it. You don't have to say anything to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm okay <laughs> Stop it. Stop it.
0: Stop it. You're going to start me off in a minute. That's East a hard man there, uh, Danny Dyer turning into a great big softy with Sam Strike, who plays Johnny Carter in the BBC One soap. Now, I think, uh, Michael, I'm sure you'll agree, such a powerful moment in soap history that many of us LGBTQ plus folk can relate to. What was your experience of coming out to your dad like?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, my experience was very different. You know, I actually remember watching that scene with my family and, you know, that kind of silence in the room, I kind of kept looking over at them to see how they were reacting and kind of what they would say, you know, and even they were very moved. And obviously I couldn't, you know, I didn't feel like I could come out at that exact time. Um, You know, it kind of took me a couple more years. But I think I actually came out to my mum. I was a little bit too scared to come out to my dad. My dad's Jamaican, my mum's British and, you know, my mum... I'm always very honest and open with my mum. So I told my mum and um, I was training in Manchester at the time. I moved back to Manchester straight after I told her to go back training and I let my mum tell my dad, which, you know, looking back, I really do regret. I would have loved that kind of moment with my dad just to kind of see the initial reactions. And but I think I was so scared. I didn't want to know how he would, you know, what he would say, I guess.
1: And how did he react?
2: He was fine, you know. I think he had a lot more questions than my mum. He, you know, wanted to know how I knew because at the time I wasn't in a relationship and, you know, I'd never been in a relationship. So I think there was a lot more questions from his side but, you know, ultimately, so much support and love from my family.
0: I definitely relate to that experience and I think lots of LGBTQ plus people will because I told my mum and she told my dad as well. You know, it was just a... Moment I wasn't prepared to face. And that's okay, you know. I mean, what about you, Rod? Did did you tell both of your parents?
1: No, I only got to tell my mum. Uh, but I mentioned it to her quite casually because I sometimes think that's the best way of doing it, really. But, um, yeah, there was nothing that dramatic. It certainly wasn't East Enders dramatic anyway. I know. <laughs> I'm
0: not a good Um, And you've kind of answered it already, Michael. But so, did it play a big part in your life? And, you know, when you were at school, was it rushing back from school to catch EastEnders?
2: Yeah, it was rushing back from training. You know, we used to have it on record because, you know, I'd train every morning and every night. So, you know, I think it was a nice outlet to... know a bit of a fake reality you know there's it's nice to kind of see things through tv because it inspires you different conversations that come up you know it is kind of based off you know nearly true stories and there's lots of stuff that we can relate so you know i wasn't wouldn't say i was rushing back but it was definitely on my agenda to kind of keep up today and watch
0: so eastenders introduced its first gay bar i think a couple of years ago do you think soap is as relevant now as it was well 20 years ago, 10 years ago.
2: Oh, I definitely think soaps are kind of catching up to the times and they're definitely, you know, they've got a massive part to play. You know, I remember in EastEnders actually last month I saw clips of Eurovision, you know, and they're definitely keeping it, you know, very current and I think it's so great to see because, you know, when you watch different shows like that, you want to see representation, you want to see almost different experiences that you have every day shown and I definitely think they are doing that.
1: Teletalks, Virgin Radio Pride. Now, Michael, it's time for your second pick something that's particularly personal to you?
2: Yeah, of course. So my second pick is actually from a TV show that I was on back in 2018. It's called The By life and it was my coming out scene to my friends in the villa. The whole journey has been so amazing for me. And obviously, like, I've been on my first ever date with a guy, been on my first ever date with a girl, my first ever date in general. And honestly, like, just having you guys by my side and, like, backing me up the whole time, I couldn't have wished for, like, better friends and better people that I've met. This journey has like made me realise that I'm gay. Yeah. And just this whole like experience, like, I felt like I needed to go through this. So I just wanted to tell oh, okay. you all... And... And I'm
0: so proud of you. you have been worried about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> Well done for, like, finally like being able to feel free from here you
2: are. Oh, like... Don't cry, Leila. Please go under. Well, I'm doing it, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, well done and good on
2: you. I'm already a different person, but I know I'm going to be leaving, like being confident in myself and just. Love you.
1: <laughs> so, first question why did you do this show? Because a lot of people would say you were crazy to take part. It's a, it's a very unusual concept.
2: Yeah, no, of course. I think you know it was it was the UK's first LGBT-friendly dating show, and at the time in 2018, I just missed qualifying for the Commonwealth Games, and you know I felt extremely lost. I had never kind of explored my sexuality. I'd never been on a date at all, you know, with a girl or guy. And um, yeah, Courtney Act at the time, you know, she was kind of fronting the show and just said, "Why don't you live that experience on the by life?" You know, I didn't want to have to label myself. I didn't, you know, one hundred percent. No, i guess and um kind of going on the show i went on a date with a girl i went on a date with a guy and obviously i guess you know from the amazing conversations that we had in the villa from talking to like-minded people it just really helped shape my mind and make, make almost made me accept who i was and um yeah, it was an amazing feeling and i think it was just the right time
1: so that was your very first date with a guy that was on television Is that right?
2: Yeah, you know what? At the time, you kind of forget the cameras are there. I know that there were so many cameras. You know, I can't even tell you how many cameras. But I think, you know, you're with these people in the villa that are your family. You know, they are like your family. And, you know, you kind of go out. And actually, my first day, I think everyone watched my day in the villa live. So I felt like I wasn't on my own. (laughs) God, that would petrify me. (laughs) Popcorn in hand. (laughs) Oh, no, honestly, it was amazing. And, you know, I think having those different conversations being able to come back and share those feelings of like my first date with those guys like it was yeah amazing so
1: if you boil it right down was it that date with that with any one guy that sort of made you go I'm gay or was it the whole experience
2: I think so the guy that I went on my first date with was a guy called Ben and he was really lovely but I kind of saw almost like a soulmate in him rather than, you know, Harry Potter marathons, all the crack crazy stuff that, you know, I'd want to do with my friend. But I think it was the first date with, you know, the girl called Abby, we went wine tasting. And, you know, I almost felt this pressure to act in a certain way. And, you know, I think it really kind of gave me a wake up call into knowing that, you know, I never really found her sexually attracted. Yes, she was beautiful. Yes, there were so many things I loved about her. But, you know, it wasn't kind of what was crying out inside. And I think I was just excited to obviously explore dating guys and trying to find the right person for me. And
1: last year, Love Island described including LGBTQ plus people as logistically difficult. Can you sympathise with that or you completely disagree with that sentiment?
2: oh yeah I definitely disagree you know I think now that I'm so comfortable in my own skin and kind of getting myself out there and you know don't get me wrong I still haven't really dated much I think you know sport has taken up so much of, of my life so far but you know I think that's such a bold statement we should be accepting everyone everyone should have that you know opportunity to date who they want and you know kind of not have the pressures of labels and you know being feeling like you should act in a certain way
1: so would you just stuff your white jeans and take part in the show if they changed the rules and offered you a place on Love Island?
2: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But um, I think, you know, it was great for my first time. Um, but I guess I need to just... I need to get myself out dating, you know? What a shame, because we actually... Brought the contract here today.
0: (laughs) Just
1: sign here. You do have some white papers, don't
0: you? (laughs) One-way flight to Mallorca. TeleTalks, Virgin
2: Radio Pride.
0: You're listening to Teletalks on Virgin Radio Pride with Benji Potter and Rod McPhee. Michael, I'm loving your picks so far. Some, uh, f- You've already had one massive tick, which is for reality TV, because <laughs> we don't want Teletalks to become too worthy, do we, Rod?
1: Oh, no, no, no. We need some triviality in there. <laughs>
0: <we>. <laughs> and EastEnders soap, big tick. Now, the next one uh, for me is another huge uh, contribution uh, to the LG... BTQ plus community Uh, it's the fab five tell us your pick
2: yeah my next pick is from Netflix I love this show it's so authentic and beautiful and of course it's Queer Eye
0: I think when we convince ourselves that we can't afford the time to nurture ourselves it can really take the light out of our eyes and it is so good to see Holmes with that twinkle knowing that he's actually capable and able to sit down and give himself a little bit of gratitude for all the hard work he's accomplished. Thank you so much. Show him the new hem.
2: What do I look like? Let's see. Let's do it. What? What? Is that me? That's you, babe. Oh my Look God. at how you are lined up right now. Sci-fi? This is... It's oh, Probably the best haircut I've ever gotten
0: in my entire life. Oh, wow. Uh, what? this attention to detail in the back right now is just next level, unparalleled. I
2: love it. This is definitely my signature haircut now. I'm in love with it. Do you feel fly? Do you feel attracted? You feel like,
0: oh, who is he? I'm a
2: sexy man now. <laughs> That's you know, really
0: important. Oh, uh, 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 so good. Well, yes.
2: Give me some love, too. Give me, give me some love,
0: uh. too. Oh, it's so heartwarming, isn't it? I mean, it's American telly at its finest. Do you think so, oh, Michael? you know
2: what? I think it's it's the five of them. They just work so well. I think every episode has me in tears, you know, knowing that you can impact someone's life so much, you know, and in the way that they do. Um, yeah, it's so amazing to see. And, you know, when Jonathan came over to the UK, I actually went to see his live performance. Um, every time Tan's over, you know, we've been exchanging messages. And actually, they're just the most amazing five guys and so inspiring.
0: It's actually nice to see LGBTQ plus people changing other people's lives rather than us feeling like we're the people that need to be helped because we've been tormented or we've struggled. Um, Do you wish you could have a Queer Eye experience or would you prefer to be on the other side of it and go and... Throw your magic at someone.
2: Yeah, you know what? I actually feel like I'm number six. <laughs> you know, I think I try so hard to kind of try and impact people's lives in a positive way, and you know their energy. I've, you know, I really attract to Americans because of their energy. That you know, they've got bundles of kind of character, and um, yeah, I really feel like I should be one of them because um, you know it is such a reward. It's so rewarding.
1: Which skill would you have? Would it be grooming, cooking? What, what, if- if you could make over somebody, what would your contribution be?
2: Oh, I guess. Oh, that's a hard one. Definitely not cooking. Not cooking. <laughs> you're not, you're not kitchen, no. take, away, take away choices. <laughs> I think, you know, a little bit like Camaro, like kind of looking at everything. And, you know, I guess, you know, more of the mental side and experiences that they've had in the past. Like, I think that's, you know, a very, very powerful skill, I guess, to try and, you know, get out of people and to make people feel comfortable.
0: It's interesting because, forgive me if I'm wrong, but... He is relatively new to the show and before him they didn't really look as much into the whole psychotherapy kind of counselling aspect of things and he is by far my favourite now because I was chatting to Rod earlier on today and saying, you know, you can sort out, you can, you can get yourself a new carpet, you can cut cut your hair, you can, um, you know, learn to cook healthy food but unless you've sorted your head
2: out, you, it's hard to make lasting change, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And you know, and I think of you know my athlete role. You know, without kind of that mental side. You know, they say that seventy percent is physical, and the, you know the rest, of the thirty percent is all you know in your head. And you know the impacts. You know, don't get me wrong, they are all amazing. I would love Anthony to cook for me every day, and that would make me feel a lot better <laughs> yeah. every day. But
0: would, I think it would for all of us. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, just I think you know that mental side is often overlooked, and people you know try and forget about that and work on every other aspect. But you know, you've got to be looking at all. Of
1: Telly Talks, Virgin Radio Pride. It's time for another top telly pick from Michael Gunning here on Virgin Radio Pride. Michael, could you do the honors, please?
2: Of course. This show touched the heart of so many people, all around the UK, all around the world, and it is—it's a sin. It's a shame you can't stay for Christmas, Jill. You can't go back to London, not after the bomb. No, I'll
1: go straight home. My mum does a great Christmas all the same you're very welcome to
0: stay <laughs> and you two you spend so much time together I think Richie's gonna miss you we're not a couple though I've told you we're really not
2: Phil <laughs> I saw you singing a love song I know it's acting well I'm hardly an expert but well from the little I can gather good acting is when it's true isn't it <laughs> Amazing
1: Sorry. show! It, 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 that is a very funny moment in a great show. I have to say,
0: is that a moment that we've all kind of a, a version of it we've experienced from our parents before?
1: I've never had that. What about you, Michael?
2: No, yeah, I'm the same. Like I think, I think we can relate to it because we can just understand what it's like to be in that situation. But
1: yeah, definitely, it's an ama- it's, it's a great moment in an amazing show. And what I love about it is that she is the ultimate ally. The ultimate gay ally. Jill. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and did you have one of those when you were on your LGBTQ plus journey?
2: Yeah, you know, I think... Yeah sport was a lonely place but I think you know Tom Daly was a massive you know ally and obviously LGBT ally he came out on YouTube and kind of seeing that it you know really sparked a conversation because I trained at the aquatic centre as well same pool with him so I felt like I could really open up to him and really he was the first person that I spoke to that gave me the confidence to almost accept who I was.
1: What piece of advice did he give you that you've taken away from your conversation with him?
2: I just think that, you know, he always said that you are enough, you know, I think, you know, from lots of different shows, you can see the, the the apologetic you, you know, you always feel like you're saying sorry, you always feel like you've got something to prove. But I think he was the person to tell me that, you know, I am enough, I'm very different, I'm bubbly, I have this, you know, if you know me, I've got this big smile all the time. And, you know, that is enough, you know, I am, I am worthy of love, I guess. It's really interesting
0: here because, and I might be totally wrong, but there have been some theories about LGBTQ plus people and the reason we're such high achievers and that we're so successful um, kind of uh, in some areas, you know, fashion, um, kind of film, lots of the arts, is because we sort of feel like like this whole thing about apologising and needing to do better because of this um, stunted start we've often had. I don't know, is that wide off the mark
2: oh you know what I think you know you're very spot on you know I felt like I've always had to overachieve to show people that I am overworthy of you know success you know when I was younger I used to go into school you know kind of I was always told that black people can't swim and that was one thing that kind of you know, was carried around my school and I always felt like I had to go in and show everyone my national medals, my international medals and, you know, prove that, you know, here's the proof, I am good at swimming and, you know, obviously on top of that there's the sexuality and kind of not really fitting in and not many people can understand. So, you know, I think there is this, you know, extra drive inside because you do feel like you have to fight for your place.
1: And I'm interested, how do you view HIV and AIDS as someone raised in an era when it's not quite the same death sentence it was in the 80s and 90s did you learn much from it's a sin about that and did that change your view of of the whole issue
2: yeah i think i've always been very scared of it you know and i know that that comes across in the show the unknown of it and you know i've never really learned much about it because i'm scared to actually know you know, but I think you know this show. It's a It's the first show that actually educated us all. You know, and watching it, I made my parents watch it. I made everybody who you know is in that community watch it because I learnt so much. You know, there's so much literature out there that we can read. There's so much stuff that we can kind of go away and kind of do our homework on and you know research. But actually, to watch it on a TV show is is so vital. You know, because it can change perceptions and educate you in a way that you know you didn't necessarily know that you needed.
1: What was interesting was Roscoe. He was a character who was a black gay man in a country which, certainly in the 80s, ostensibly seemed dominated by white heterosexual people. And do you think being gay and black in this country is still a very unique experience? Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah and I think when I look back at my role models you know firstly in swimming but then obviously kind of with sexuality and obviously race there is not many people who are on the top performing and you know being a black swimmer you know, being a gay swimmer and you know putting those together I think it's extremely tough you know at the top of you know what I do because there is so much extra pressure you know there's almost more eyes looking at you to see well how are they going to do what reaction are they going to have coming out or you know being in sport so I feel like it is still a thing but you know the more and more we see you know there's so many more kind of athletes that are being true to themselves you know coming out and owning who they are you know that's ultimately what it's all about. Do
1: you think that sport in general is less or as homophobic as it used to be?
2: I think that's a good question. You know, I think I've got a really mixed response from this because I feel like we've come a long way, but I still think we have a long way to go. You know, I think there is still these different perceptions, stereotypes in the top of sport. And, you know, ultimately, I think I was so scared of being perceived as weak, you know, being perceived as not as good as everyone else just because, you know of who I fancy of who I'm attracted to and you know that shouldn't be the case at all actually since coming out you know obviously in 2018 my performance you know rocketed and i had done so much better you know at competitions because there was no extra pressure you know I think you know you go to different competitions not only do you have the pressure of performing not only do you have the pressure the pressure of schoolwork and exams but also your sexuality and obviously many people don't have that
0: Now, talking of LGBTQ plus representation in sport, recently we heard from Jake Daniels, the 17-year-old Blackpool player who came out in such a confident and cool way. Do you think that will change a lot for sport? What did you make of that news?
2: Oh, it's so inspiring. I'm so happy for Jake. I think, you know, lots of people for a long time have been looking at football and, you know, lots of different sports for people to come out in the professional level. You know, I think, you know, there's obviously me as a swimmer, there's Tom, as a, you know, in aquatics, there's lots of different people, and obviously Josh from... You know across across the waters he came out as well as the first professional but you know in the uk this is 100 making history and i think for someone so young to be so authentic and you know willing to share that i think is so inspiring for so many people
0: it's amazing he's 17 years old I mean, to be able to have such a true sense of self at that age, in the public eye, when you're kind of probably examining and re-examining yourself a hundred times, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I think he 100% knew how people would not react, not necessarily react, but he knew that it would be a big deal. And, you know, to have that courage and strength and, you know, to help pave the way at that age, I think is so amazing. And... Yeah, just incredibly inspiring, I think. He doesn't even know the impact he's going to have on so many sports people and, you know, everyday people, every day.
1: So did you have an ally on your journey outside of the sporting arena?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, there was lots of people that I, you know, classed as friends. I think there was many people who didn't necessarily understand, you know, for example, still in the sporting section, but, you know, my friend Rebecca Adlington, she doesn't really know much about LGBT, you know, she's very you know, that heterosexual woman. But I think actually being able to talk to her and her actually understand and support me and outwardly facing as well. You know, Adam p t Adam Petey was another big ally of mine because he knows nothing about, you know, that community, but, you know, always makes an effort to ask how I'm feeling, if the different language that he uses is okay you know and really outwardly facing supports me and i think that's what it's about you know it's not just about lgbt athletes and allies sticking up for each other it's everyone else as well because you know if it's normalized at the top of sport then you know it's it will show us that we're moving along
1: i'm curious we've all got straight friends who often ask us bizarre questions when they find out we're gay i had someone ask me why do all gay guys have such lovely shiny hair <laughs> now- <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously. Really? It, Can like, you name check this person? Uh, no, no, because, uh, yes, they'll sue me. But basically, <laughs> you, you know, Rebecca and Adam, did th- did any of them ask you any sort of funny or bizarre questions? And it's a difficult one to recall off the top of your head.
2: But... Oh, yeah, that's um, it's a good question, though.
1: What's the strangest question you've ever been asked in response to telling someone or them learning that you were gay?
2: Um... Well, I think the most common response I have is, oh, they're all, all the good-looking ones are gay. Oh, <laughs> that's what I oh, always get. They're not hard, they, Benji.
0: <laughs> you tell
2: me. <laughs>
1: this is why you're not, on radio. Not yet. in my experience.
0: <laughs> now,
1: how, how does that make you feel, though? Because I always kind of go, well, first of all, that's not true. No. But secondly, you kind of get it's a bit of a cliché and a bit of a stereotype, isn't it? So you always have mixed feelings to that. What about yourself?
2: Yeah, no, I'm the same. You know, I think it's it's nice it's a compliment but at the same time you know i'm still looking for my mr right and their compliment isn't really helping me <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i love it straight to the point yeah. <laughs> thank you next <laughs> <laughs> telly virgin radio pride your final show now this one has taken the world by storm this year i absolutely fell in love with it when i watched it on netflix and I've got a feeling this won't be the last time it's picked by somebody on Teletalks.
2: Oh, my gosh. It definitely touched me in many ways, and I'm sure that everyone knows what I'm about to say, but it is, of course, the absolute stunning series of Heartstopper. Oh, my God, I like you so much.
1: <laughs> and I love liking you. <laughs>
0: I like Charlie Spring, in a romantic way, not just a friend way!
1: <laughs> what? I
0: never thought this would happen to me. Me neither. Nick? Yeah?
1: Does this mean we're boyfriends? Uh-huh.
0: yes. Was that already established the last ten times we made out? Oh. Yeah? I don't know,
1: we never, like, confirmed it.
2: <laughs> Why are we like
0: this? What, what, uh, what are you doing? There we go.
1: Whoa! You're my boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. We're
0: boyfriend. Dad, Dad, drop me. I'm not gonna drop it. Oh my gosh, I don't know where to begin on that show. I mean, it just—it had me in bits in so many moments. Um, I guess to begin, Michael, yeah. what was
2: school like for you? Did did you have? this heart-stopper moment at any point? Oh, you know what? I relate to that show so much. And, you know, I at the Attitude Awards last year, like, I met the cast, and obviously they had no idea how big the show was going to be. And I think at school, I would have loved to have had friends, allies, you know, like the show, people that understood. But instead, you know, I think there's a, there's a scene where... And they're watching a, the horror movie, you know, and it's exactly how I felt all the time at school, you know, you feel like in, I'm going to be outed at some point, you know, the fear of someone finding out, of treating me differently, and, you know, my school experience was, yeah, very, very different, but also there's so many similarities of almost liking somebody, but, you know, I just obviously never went through, I never made it to that part where, you know, I had that happy ending.
1: So was there a boy or boys at school who you liked in a romantic way, not just a friend way?
2: Yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> Which I've never said before, you know.
1: And to see, was it just one boy or two boys?
2: I think there was a couple of boys. Um, but there was one person that I really kind of questioned if they were straight, you know, their sexuality. And, you know, unfortunately, they never let anything show, you know, and I don't speak to them now. But I think everyone has that crush. Everyone has that feeling of why is there something wrong? <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, it's such a shame because, you know... I mean, even today, obviously watching the programme makes you feel that things have changed. But there's still this thing of, I like this guy. I hope, maybe, could it be, would it be? And 99% of the time, we never, unfortunately, as an LGBTQ plus community, get to live out what we're meant to as young people experience at school
1: yeah and I think that's part of the reason why people often talk about us having an arrested development in other words we don't go through all the things that we're supposed to go through in our teenage years until we're perhaps in our 20s So we're always playing catch-up emotionally and psychologically. And I
2: think, you know, the biggest thing was if we had a show like this, you know, when I was younger, when, you know, you guys were younger, I feel like it would have been that representation that we needed. You know, I felt so lonely. I felt so isolated. I felt like nobody could understand the experiences that I was going through at school. You know, so I suppressed them. You know, I kind of found swimming and I bottled all my feelings up and I was almost a little bit in denial, you know, and that's when I started to question, well, do do I like girls? It must change, you know, that this is just a a bad thing I'm going through and it will change. But obviously people should be proud of their sexuality. You know, having a boyfriend for the first time, it's an amazing feeling and and you should enjoy that.
1: Did you have a defining moment when you were at school when you either knew or at least suspected that you probably liked boys?
2: I think there was a time when I just you know it's the eye contact it's you can't stop looking at them and you know you have those butterflies inside and obviously Heartstop is all about kind of the cartoon animated effects and it shows that you know that those feelings perfectly you know how you feel if you brush someone's hand and if you catch them looking and staring I think there's so many parts honestly that is just incredible and that you can relate to in some way but you know I think the sad thing was you know when I was at school I pushed them down you know I suppressed them I didn't let them come out and Obviously, as a result of that, that was like many long, hard years, a little bit in denial, thinking that it would change and I'd be able to change that.
1: So what is your message to other people who might be in the same position as you now?
2: I think, you know, there is no right time to come out. There is no right time to face the many demons inside. But ultimately, be you, you know, we're all brought onto this earth to be individuals, to be different, and we should embrace that. You know, I think Charlie is an amazing character, but he was always saying sorry. He was always apologising. And, you know, that was me when I was younger. And that's probably me now still. That hasn't changed, you know, always wanting to prove myself. But, you know, don't say sorry for something that is so natural so pure you know so beautiful i think celebrate that and obviously that's what pride month's all about it's about celebrating who you are it's being with your friends and the people that you love and can trust and whether you tell one person whether you tell two or your family just by telling one person it will take that burden off and you'll realize that you have so much support and love waiting for you you just got to take that leap
0: Well, I mean, that really, truly is the essence of pride. Michael Gunning, thank you so much for coming on to Telly Talks today. You're welcome. Before we let you go, though, you've got something quite exciting happening this summer. Now, I know you can't talk much about it, but can you tease to it?
2: Yeah, I've got a few things coming up which will be emotional happy and all those different emotions together because we are helping create change. But I actually went back to Jamaica, which I hadn't been out to Jamaica since coming out as gay. It was a you know a very big fear of mine and You know i kind of had to dress in disguise going out there i was extremely worried for my safety but obviously i'm back i'm safe and um i had a very impactful time so probably can't say too much more but um it's going to be hopefully very very moving for many people
0: so we're going to get to share your
2: experience somehow yes you definitely will and um hopefully it will touch the lives of many
1: thank you very much for sharing that news and thank you so much for coming on michael and sharing your top telly moments You've been listening to Virgin Radio Pride's Teletalk. I've been Rod.
0: I've been Benji. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.
1: Teletalks.
0: Virgin Radio Pride. The Virgin Radio Pridecast.
1: Proudly supported by Disney+. Plus. Full of stories and love for all.